Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. Baby, I'm here to tell you, I am a diehard Pelican fan. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. There's no way this line is busy. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. At the tone, please record your message. Ooh, somebody's been hanging out with Andrew Lopez. Ooh, Mr. Mr. Jim Eichenhofer can't be reached right now. He's too busy tanning and whatnot. Probably out drinking with Gus. I don't need y'all. I don't need anybody. Welcome to the Pelicans Podcast. I am Joe Cardosi. Rolling solo. Who needs somebody? Uh, Not me. Not me. I'll record this podcast solo if I need to. Uh, we were supposed to have Gus Kattengell in here. Uh, he couldn't make it uh, because he has his head stuck in a honey pot, which you know happens uh, all the time in the in the Kattengell household. So good luck to him. Uh, I'm sure that the fire department will help him out of there pretty soon. Jim Eichenhofer, uh, of course, is on vacation. Uh, last I heard, he was swinging on a vine rescuing some sort of hidden treasure, uh, some sort of a cursed item or jewel. I'm not sure. Just, you know, classic gym stuff. The Pelicans podcast line is open. If he has the time, we'll see. Fingers crossed. Uh, speaking of fingers crossed, B.I., uh, we of course miss him. He's only played 15 games this season, but it looks like he is getting closer and closer and closer to ramping up to playing with the team. Uh, We've seen him running around, getting up shots, so no official word yet, but it looks like we can be optimistic about his return soon. That is good news. More good news, while we do miss Herb Jones while he's out with that contusion, it looks like he avoided serious injury, so just good to see that he's okay after that hard fall. And the road trip continues. We are going to be in Detroit to face the Pistons, the Stones, uh, as they're known to some, mostly me. And then one more road game against the Cavaliers, then finally back home at the Smoothie King Center where it will be loud and raucous against the Miami Heat. Also, very cool giveaway uh, in case you haven't done it. Check out the flag on the Pelicans' Twitter. That's the giveaway. So not only do you get to see a very good game and you get to be back in the SKC being loud, you get a cool Pelicans NOLA flag to wave around, uh, hang up somewhere, do whatever you like. (gasps) What is this? (gasps) 
I, it can't be. The Pelican's hotline is lighting up. Who might it be? Which guest could be calling in to join us? Hmm, we'll find out. There we go. Oh, thank God. I am no longer alone in this world. Joining me on the Pelicans podcast, old faithful Mr. Jim Eichenhofer calling in from the Bahamas. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I know you're probably in the middle of, uh, I don't know, a bikini contest or something you were judging. (laughs) Thank you uh, for making time for the pod today, man. No problem. You know, they're about to bring my drinks to me, so... I have a little bit of time to talk, but once Good. those arrive, I might have to cut this short. But for now, it's great to be back on the podcast. It's been too long. It's been like four days yeah, since I was on like the show. It seems like an eon of time so, without you here. It's just not It's not the same. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have that gym it's, smell. Yeah, it's, it's, but it's great to be back. I, I hope to, as the guest today, I hope to bring the energy of Aaron Hardigan, oh. the wisdom of John DeShazer. Woo! And the humor of Nick Ferdell. So oh. that's what I'm shooting for. I'm going to set the expectations high for my appearance today. Coming in hot. I uh, expect you to fail in that, but only because those are unreasonable <laughs> expectations. But yeah. I expect you to give yeah. it an old college try. Uh, does this count as a gym interview, by the way? This might be a, a gym exclusive, yeah. even. It's just it's me gym, and you. It's a gym exclusive, man. Yes. <laughs> Uh, man, we uh, you know we got a game tonight that I feel like we can uh, look at as as possibly a rebound game after that heartbreaker in Boston. Uh, that's how we pronounce it here in New Orleans. Uh, but you know what? Mm-hmm. We we the Boston has proven that they are a good basketball team. Uh, watching them beat the uh, you know now shorthanded Nets uh, was uh, impressive, and uh, you know it's just. It's one of those games where you don't want to make excuses for the team. You don't want to make excuses for uh, poor performance or anything. But, you know, the team was in that game, and and I don't feel bad about that loss. I hate to keep saying that. Uh, It seems like I'm being a homer, but... You know, none of these Pelicans losses have been, you know, you just got pantsed and, you know, in front of the world. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the team was shorthanded and held in there until, you know, just the very end in garbage time, it kind of got blown open. But uh, you give me a healthy Boston Celtics and you give me a healthy uh, New Orleans Pelicans. I don't know. Maybe I'm being unrealistic, but I'm not afraid of that team. Yeah, I agree. I think of the teams that the Pelicans have played more than once this season, I think Boston has been the team that I've watched and been the most after the game said, you know, the Pelicans have a different level that they have to reach to be able to get to that point. And as we've talked about before, we we didn't go into the season saying, you know, the Pelicans have to win a championship this year or it's a disappointment, anything close to that. Um, But you're right. I mean, if, if they had Ingram and Zion in the game on Wednesday and Herb, you know, who knows what would happen. Yeah. And Herb, who knows what would have happened in that game. Um, but I have been, like you said, I've been so impressed by Boston this year. I think there's really not much of an argument right now. Maybe Denver and Memphis and a couple other teams might make it. Definitely Memphis because, you know, as they, I think they believe they're capable of doing anything Yeah, they ain't scared anybody. Yeah, world. But besides them, I, I think Boston definitely has shown that they're the best team in the league. So 
losing a game in Boston where you are very competitive for most of the game. That's that is you, we talk mm-hmm. about the atmosphere at the Smoothie King Center, but Boston has a storied history of being that place that is just an absolute meat grinder. Todd Graffinini was saying before the broadcast, yeah. I mean, we were an hour out and they he said the seats were already filled. People were just watching them get up shots. Mm. Uh you know, so that's a yeah. that's quite an environment to go into without your two leading scorers. Uh, without Herb Jones, you got Dyson Daniels playing defense against Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown, and you know that's that's a tough assignment. Jalen Brown uh, unfortunately had a uh, season high there, but you know give Dyson credit; he handled himself pretty well given that level of competition being thrown out there as a rookie. Certainly, that was the first time the Pelicans have lost with Dyson Daniels as a starter this season, and. Six games, so I mean, he has a good track record and so far. The first far. time he's played without um, Zion, correct? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, in terms of his starts, that was the first mm-hmm. time that he's been in the starting five, and Zion wasn't. So when both of those guys are in there, it's five and zero. Oh. Um, but yeah, I mean, his his defense comes in handy big time against a team like Boston. It would have helped a lot to have. I mean, you need as many defensive guys as you can, especially at the wing spots. Yeah. So not having Herb was definitely detrimental. Um, I think Boston, I mean, we've talked about throughout the season that the Pelicans defense has been, I mean, for part of the year, it was top five. I think it's sixth or seventh right now in the rankings, but Boston has been one of the teams that it just felt like the most difficult to get stops against that whenever, you know, CJ was phenomenal in the game Wednesday with 38 points. And it seemed like every time the Celtics were, were trying to, gain some separation and maybe go up double figures. CJ would go on a roll and get a few baskets. But then on the other hand, whenever the Pelicans got within four or six and they needed a stop, they weren't able to get it. So I think in both games against Boston this year, it's, they've just shown, you know, what a machine it can be at the offensive end. They started the season just red hot as a team from three point range. They've pulled off a lot in that area. I mean, just because it was almost, it had to happen. They were going to, you're not going to shoot 40% from three-point range yeah, as a yeah. team the way they were earlier in the year. But even even if they're not red hot from three-point, they still have so many guys that can score. And I thought Brogdon was also came up with some big shots. Yeah, 20 but, points I mean, between Jalen Brown, yeah, between Jalen Brown, 41, and Tatum, 31. I mean, that's just – that's a difficult team yeah. to uh, to try to slow down. I'm glad that the Pelicans don't have to play them again in the regular season. So, But hopefully there will be some big games between these two teams down the road and – I mean, it's it'll be a matchup that is a lot of fun to watch, and people will look forward to. Uh, Definitely, I can hear the exotic birds of the Bahamas shrieking behind you. Uh, you must be uh, in in quite a place. It's outstanding. <laughs> As you mentioned, uh, CJ McCollum, thirty eight points in that game. You know, just absolutely kept us in it when it seemed like. You know, they just kept hitting you in waves, and they're one of those teams that can just absolutely hit you in waves. I mean, no Marcus Smart, no Robert Williams the third in that game, no problem. Uh, you know, they have two dudes right there in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum that can single-handedly take over a game by themselves. Uh, you add them together, plus you bring Marcus Smart back. That's that's tough. Uh, of course, Jalen Brown is now going to miss a couple of weeks. Uh, Pelicans continuing that bad luck streak of uh, playing a team at full strength or almost full strength right before another guy goes out. Uh, but CJ uh, kept us in that game, 38 points, uh, his fifth straight game with over 25 points. I mean, he is absolutely making a case 
for the All-Star team. It's crazy that he's never made an All-Star game at this point Mm -hmm. in his career, and he is playing some of the best basketball of his career in a career that's, I mean, he has just uh, been lights out the entire time. And today, if you vote for C.J. McCollum, votes count triple. Uh, So if you're going to make your All-Star vote for C.J. today, the 16th and the 20th, all of those days, your votes count for triple. Uh, so if you can get in there, uh, if not today, right now, on your calendar, 16th, 20th, circle them, tell your friends and pals, let's get CJ in an all-star game. He's long overdue, man, and he has been absolutely carrying this team in a stretch where, you know, we talked about it. CJ McCollum's a great leader. He's a great glue guy in the locker room, but we needed him to, to score buckets. We needed CJ McCollum to be a scorer. And he stepped up, I mean, in, in a stretch where we need him the most. You know, he's kept us afloat. How about the fact that on this road trip, he scored 34 and 38 points in the two games that he's played. And really, I think in both of them, especially the game against Washington, he only played 31 minutes because they were up 20-something in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, he easily could have been over the 40-point mark, I think, in both of these games if yeah. the situation warranted it. He already had a 40-point game against the Spurs in December, and then he had a 42-point game against Philly with 11 three-pointers on the 30th of December. Several other games where he's been over 20. I mean, his last five games, he scored at least 26 points every night. So, like you said, talk about a situation where, you know, Brandon Ingram's been out since November 25th, and Zion's been out since January 2nd. So they need everybody to pitch in more and contribute more, and he's been able to go – back to I'm going to completely take over games and just dominate. He did this a little bit in Portland when situations when Damian Lillard was out of the lineup, but Lillard doesn't, didn't miss that many games. So it didn't come up that often, but I always did take note of the fact that the trailblazers were able to do this. So, I mean, from a, from an individual respect standpoint, I don't know how you could be any more satisfied with what CJ has been able to do when he's been called upon to do it. Um, and I, I would think that he would look at this stretch kind of as like, you know, I don't think anyone, why is anyone surprised? I mean, he's been yeah. doing this for 10 years. Yeah, he's showing like you who he is the, again, though. He's reminding you. He's C.J. McCollum. Yeah. Bucket getter. Exactly. The stretch that he's had, though, has been next level where he's, it seems like every game, an, another stat, he's made at least four three-pointers in each of the last five games. Um, he's made at least three and I don't even, I'm not sure if I can count how high that's been other than he had one, the game in Memphis on new year's Eve, he was one for seven from three, but every other game for a long stretch, he's made at least three, three pointers going back to like mid December. Yeah. So, um, he's just been phenomenal. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. I think the part, I think a lot of people recognize the part about him not being an all-star is interest, interesting in the past because, for one, people say he's probably the best player in the league that hasn't made an all-star appearance for yeah. a while. Yeah, that was Mike Conley, and then Mike Conley made it a couple of years ago. But he's been the victim of being in the Western Conference where there's so many good guards. Yeah, that's, and, I, mean, I, mean, I was about to say is, the guard competition is just absolutely insane in this era. And he, you know, he sort of uh, unfortunately had to be the second guy with Damian Lillard is how he was viewed. And so mm-hmm. he's, he's really been a, a victim of that. But, I mean, it's it has – Nothing to do with his play. And I think the combination right now, this season is kind of perfect for him to make his first all-star appearance 
you know, even if it's going to, if he makes it, it's going to be as a reserve, most likely just based on the voting. Just get but, him in there. Um, the, yeah. The combination of the team's success, Portland had a lot of good years, but they didn't have a ton of years where they won 50 plus games where the Pelicans are pretty much on pace to win 50 plus have a high seed and um, just the numbers that he's putting up the season that he's having, especially over the last few weeks, it seems like the circumstances are starting to come into place where if there's a year that he's going to make his debut in the all-star game, I think it, it could be this year. Absolutely. Why not this year? Go ahead, vote for CJ today. Counts triple again on the 16th and the 20th. Your all-star votes count triple. Let's get CJ in there. I don't care if he's a reserve or not. The man deserves to be an all-star. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, Man, you know what? We actually have, for the very first time... Twitter questions on the podcast and uh, you know I wanted to save them for you because I need the Oracle's wisdom here Um, (laughs) at your pal BKO uh, he asks Pels have proven they have the depth and cohesion to trade punches with anybody on a given night now that they're looking bound for a top five seed in the playoffs which potential opponents would you most fear slash feel most confident facing in that first seven-game series, a juicy question right now. As we, uh, as you said, look to be a high-seeded playoff team as we uh, have passed the midway point in the season, Jim. Yeah, that's a great question. I think to speak more broadly, maybe not necessarily just with New Orleans, because I think a lot of this applies to a lot of the other teams in the West. Whether it's you know right now, Denver and Memphis are pretty close for one and two. In terms of teams that could finish with a lower seed in the top eight that some of the high, high seeds would not want to face. I think it, it probably almost goes without saying that Golden State mm-hmm. is a team that could end up at a six or seven seed that you would be like, okay, we know they had a rough regular season and they had some ups and downs, yeah, but, but they're getting healthy. Steph Curry is back, mm-hmm. right, that's a team that you don't want to play. Um, I would put the Clippers probably in that category as well, just from the yeah. standpoint of, you know, maybe by April they will have had some more games under their belt where Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have both played and they've had some kind of possibility of getting chemistry going. I know it's almost become like a ongoing joke of like the Clippers continue to say like, yeah, we're going to get this, we're going to put this team together. We're going to have plenty of time. And it seems like they never get more than four or five games in a row, maybe where they can develop some cohesiveness. Um, In in terms of, I mean, some of the, some of the matchups, I think, a lot of people in the West or people across the NBA that when they analyze the postseason this year 
will be looking at, and people probably aren't going to like this, but people are going to look at teams like New Orleans and Sacramento as teams that other squads would want to face just from the standpoint of that they don't have a lot of postseason experience. experience. I mean, Sacramento hasn't made the playoffs at all since 2006. Yeah, it almost feels weird to be talking about the Sacramento Kings as being a good team again. It feels like the 90s or something somehow. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, really. Chris Webber ain't walking through that door. But for for the Pelicans, um, I mean, they haven't won a playoff series since 2018, and that was a completely different team. There's not a single player that was on that squad that is here now, so it doesn't really apply in any any fashion or way. So um, I think those are probably the teams that people are looking at. Um, if Utah's another team that if they get in the playoffs as like a 7 or 8 seed, they don't have a lot of experience with the group of guys that they have. Although they you know, surprised like everyone this season, it seems like they surprised us for sure to, to kick off right. the season. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like they don't. For one, on one hand, they don't have a lot of experience, but on the other hand, it's like Pelicans went zero and three against them. So would you want to play them during the playoffs? I mean, it would be a completely different animal. I mean, right. the, the just the environment that Utah would come in to New Orleans to face would be so different from what they saw during the regular season, but, um, but it, it really is interesting just across the board that right. There's such a, it's such a log jam right now in the West that I have no yeah. idea. This is almost a separate conversation. I have no idea who is going to still be there at the end. If you look at Phoenix right now is in seventh and they've been two and eight in their last 10 games. And then a team like all the way down at 12th is OKC, but mm-hmm. OKC is only a game and a half behind Phoenix. So, I mean, who knows? It's, it's going to, be so interesting over the last 30 plus games to see where some of these teams end up finishing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at the the West and the difference between being the five seed and being out of it and in the play in is uh, three games. That's it. That's that's right. the difference between mm-hmm. being. So you never know who's going to make hay at what point in the season and how the seeding is going to fall. Give me the Phoenix Suns, man. Uh, just I would love mm-hmm. for them to come back into the Smoothie King Center. That crowd would be absolutely foaming at the mouth. That would be the most fun playoff series. And uh, I got to agree with you, man. You know, the, the Warriors have, have had a tough stretch right now, but they seem to be getting healthy. And it always seems like they get healthy right at the right time. And Steph Curry never gets yeah. rusty. Uh, and, yeah, the Clippers, you know, they went on that six-game skid and seemed to right the ship. It just seems like they can never consistently get their best players on the court together, much like us. So you sort of don't know what you're getting with the Clippers. But, uh, yeah, always scary. The West is a, it, it's, it's a strange place right now. And I think the second half of the season, mm-hmm. uh, like you are saying, man, it's, it's going to be fun to watch who crumbles down the stretch and, and who's a legitimate contender? Got to hope those Lakers stay out of it. Uh, we're going to see how interesting this trade deadline gets, man. Definitely. And I think the wildest part of the second half of the season in the West is going to be that unlike last year, and I think the year before as well, where you were kind of, it was kind of a situation where, I mean, New Orleans made the play, the play in last year with 36 wins. The Spurs made it with only 34. There weren't really a lot of teams that you could point to at the end of the season last year and say like, well, man, they were, that was a really good team that didn't even make the play-in tournament because yeah. really after the Spurs, you're talking low 30s wins. It's it's not really a team that can say, yeah, we deserve to extend our season past 82. <laughs> right. But this year, I think the second half of the season is going to be so fun and so kind of cutthroat for a lot of teams because, I mean, there's some quality teams that we listed that aren't even going to 
extend their season be, beyond April 9th, I think is the last day of the regular season. So that part is going to be so fascinating to see that some of these teams that went into the year thinking that our goal is to make the playoffs and go deep in the playoffs aren't even going to make the play-in tournament. So mm-hmm. that part of it, I think hopefully we're going to see a little bit more urgency too and, and fewer teams you know, punting on games, realizing that like, hey, we need to win so that our season doesn't end when the regular season is over. So I, I think that part is going to be really cool. The fact that Sacramento, Utah, and Oklahoma City have all played a lot better than people thought going into the season has really made it so that there's more of a of a situation where there's going to be, you know, maybe three teams that are pretty decent teams, pretty competitive that don't even make it into the top ten. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Oklahoma City Thunder, and they sort of remind me of us. Uh, where they're already scrappy, they've already got a, a young core mm-hmm. of players, and they've got a trillion draft picks uh, coming up. They've they've got right. quite a war chest, and they're one of those teams that you know have been an afterthought, I think, for a little bit. But watch out for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Maybe not this season, but next season going forward, it just looks like they're building a, a strong young core there. <laughs> Actually, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder fan. Uh, on Twitter has a question here uh, at Josh Lathy comedy asked us the Pels have depth across the board and an impressive war chest of draft picks. Who would you like to see them acquire so they can make a run in a very open Western conference? We were just talking about how the West is bunched up uh, and you know, that, that trade deadline looming, uh, you know, what do you think about that question? Uh, what, what would you look to, to do in this Western conference? You know what? My answer is going to get a lot of booze, I think, and a lot of disappointment from the people who love the trade machine. And Fletcher Mackle is going to be calling into the podcast phone line that does not exist uh, Jim, and wring his hand. Yeah, don't. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> but I, right now, I'd rather do nothing because yes, I, I think I, I love the chemistry of the Same. team that they have in the locker room, and I think they have enough depth to to get to do whatever they want. I mean, you could you could argue instead of um, getting myself in trouble and and uh, incurring the wrath of the NBA by mentioning a specific player. I think every team in the league is always looking for more shooting. So maybe you could make the case that if there's a way they can add a three point shooter, somebody who's consistently knocking down shots, yeah. that, that would help the most. But um, but in general, I don't really feel any urgency, and they're not going to ask me, so it doesn't really matter what I think in terms of the front office. But I, I don't I don't think I don't feel a lot of pressure to do anything just from really from both the short term standpoint and the long term standpoint. I feel like they're in better position than even people that were super optimistic going into the season thought in terms of being in third place. But they're also, as you've alluded to, they're set up so well for the future. So I don't think that they're in a position right now where it's like where as opposed to some of the other teams in the West, like people constantly talk about the Lakers. We gotta do something. We gotta do something. We gotta we gotta pull the trigger well, the on the Lakers. Trade. Do we, need to and, do something. That's scrambling the around. You know, we're not desperate like the Lakers. Uh, you exactly. Know, we we can sit pat. Uh, that that's the thing. And also, you're being humble, by the way. Jim is saying that you know the front office is not going to ask him. They have a direct line to Jim's palatial <laughs> estate uh, in the Bahamas, always asking his uh, Jim opinion uh, about uh, the, the latest moves. Um, you know, I agree with you. That's the thing. Is is 
another shooter would be nice, but the thing is, Trey's been in a slump. You sort of have that shooter already on the roster, and uh, Bi yeah. is getting closer. And 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 the amount of shooting that he brings to the floor, his mid range, uh, his three point shot, that changes the offense completely. If CJ can continue to stay hot, and then look, the the weeks keep ticking down till Zion gets reevaluated. And you know he wants to get back on the floor. This team may be full strength before you know it. And then, you know, at, at the expense of what are you going to acquire another shooter? You know, at, at the expense right. of chemistry, everyone on this team loves each other. Uh, we've talked about it before, how there's not really bench mm-hmm. guys and starters. They're Pelicans. And, you know, some of these guys are legitimately best friends off the court. I don't know if you want to, you know, let's say you you get an extra – uh, eight, ten points a game out of a, a newly acquired player, and you bum out half of the out of the locker room. I just I don't know if that's worth it. Uh, even when you look at our draft picks, uh, look at, looking at that juicy potentially Lakers pick, I look at that sometimes and go, ah, boy, another uh, high draft pick that'd be great. But at the expense of whom? It it I don't know yeah. how you mess with this team right now. I understand that moves have to be made and will be made, but as I sit here right now. I don't want to mess with the the core we've got. I sort of feel like we're just starting the build. Just just leave it alone. Mm-hmm. I also like the idea of having the mentality of not doing something just to do something. And also from operating from a position of strength where you're at the trade deadline and you have all these other teams that are scrambling around trying to pull the trigger and having all kinds of pressure to their fan base and just in general to figure out something to win more games or move up in the standings. And the Pelicans can just sit back and be like, you know what? If you're desperate to do something and you want to hand hand us on a silver platter some amazing sure. trade where we maybe maybe we add a shooter who's like the eighth man or ninth man. Yeah, off or the some bench malcontent a on a more. bad team wants to get out of there. Fine, right? It, it it's hard to say who. It's 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 hard to say as as it sits right now uh, who's a surefire candidate that would just fit in with this locker room, fit in with this team seamlessly, not mess up the offense and. And not maybe make make us take a step back as we adjust. It's just it's hard to say. I feel like the Pelicans are finding their rhythm. Uh, we we talk about often how this is the deepest team in the league, and the reason people often say that is because they've proven no matter who they throw out on the floor and and who's getting starting minutes, they're able to win games. You look at Najee; he just seems to you know set a career high every time he gets more minutes. You know he's a he's averaging over twenty points a game right now. You look at. Everyone that that gets out there proves their worth, and I know it's a bummer answer to that question, but yeah, like just like you, just leave it alone. Let's just see how it shakes out when everyone's healthy. We still haven't seen that uh, so far this season. Yeah. I mean, we don't know what this team is going to look like. Let's be patient. Already we know, as this team is constructed, we're going to be a high seed in the West. What's the rush? Yeah, and the last thing point I'll make on this topic too, you know, you use the phrase trying to find their rhythm, which I think is very key because if not only do you, when you factor in the whole trade market and the whole trade situation, I think you also have to throw in that hopefully um, Brandon Ingram will be back sometime soon. And then Zion hopefully will be back. You know, we don't know exactly when it's going to be. Maybe it'll be, you know, late January, early February. And then crossed. the trade deadline is the, tra- the trade deadline is February 9th, I believe. Mm-hmm. So you could have a situation where you have two, of your big weapons coming back into the lineup, maybe probably at separate times. Mm-hmm. So you have a stretch where you're incorporating Brandon Ingram. Then you have a stretch where you have to incorporate Zion. It's like, do you really want to have another 
variable of like, okay, well, we have this thing that we're trying to sort out, and now we're also doing a trade. Where yeah, we now have you got other a new guys, thing so. to figure out uh, when you really need to be making right, hay down the exactly. stretch. I think you can make hay down the stretch with what you've got. Uh, you get this team healthy, and look out. This is already one of the worst toughest stretches they're going to face. I mean, just a brutal road schedule, uh, shorthanded, and honestly, they're facing it pretty well. In case you haven't checked, the Pelicans still sit third in the West. So it's not like we're losing a ton of ground and and sinking mm-hmm. in the standings. We're doing all right. And as this team gets healthy, man, I mean, this season could be a lot of fun. Patience. Patience, Pelicans fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, tonight we are facing the Stones, the Detroit Pistons. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I don't want to be licking my chops and, you know, uh, counting wins before they happen. But uh, I feel like this is a game that we could and should take and hopefully a get-right game. Uh, am, I, am I being a homer? Uh, talk to me, Jim. How, how, how should I feel this game? Going <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it's, it's easy to look at the situation of the Pistons' record at 12-33 and 33 and think that this is a game that is going to be easy. And I, I don't even want to address that part of it. I think what I'm interested about with Friday's game is that when the Pistons played in New Orleans on December 7th, it was actually kind of heated and surprisingly hostile in terms of the environment between both teams. I mean, the Pelicans weren't happy with some of the fouls that the Pistons committed against Zion. Obviously, Zion's not playing tonight, so that won't be a factor. But um, there was a hard pick that uh, Jalen Duran set on Jose Alvarado that I think was the start of the rib issues that Jose yeah. had. So. It seems like Jose's been think, bleeding every game. Somebody hard fouls him every yeah. game. I mean, the dude's got a target on his back at this point. Exactly. So as far as how that affects tonight, I think in some ways it's it might be a little bit beneficial towards New Orleans that that game unfolded the way it did because if the Pelicans remember back to that game, I don't think there's going to be a lot of trouble finding motivation tonight. Mm-hmm. I think they want to obviously win the game, but also – make a make maybe more of a statement that game was very close mm-hmm. too so i think anyone that was at that game and remembers watching it is going to say you know detroit is definitely not a team that you can overlook it was interesting too that um the pelicans had built up about a 15 point lead when boyan bogdanovich got thrown out of the game for two technical fouls yeah. and detroit actually used that as like their momentum to get back in it um which was surprising because i mean he's very crucial to what they do right so I'm just looking for the Pelicans. If I was coaching, and uh, again, they're not going to ask me into the coach's locker room. Yeah, and they will. They're not going to ask me for pointers. But if I was coaching this game, I would try to splice in some clips from the December 7th game here and there just to remind yes. the players of you know what that game was like because not only was it very close and not the kind of game where you say, ah, oh, we just showed up and just blew out the Pistons and it was no problem because it definitely was not that, but also just – some of the intensity between the two teams, I, I hope that the Pelicans will carry that onto the floor tonight in Detroit. That's what I like to hear. Coach Jim feeding some raw meat to the dogs, making them want to run through a wall. Uh, and then Monday we're facing those Cleveland Cavaliers who have been very good uh, this season. And that's a, that's a weird tip-off time that's at 2 p.m. 
Uh, and then back home on Wednesday for the Miami Heat. That's a huge giveaway game, by the way. That's a very cool flag uh, that they're giving away, and I have got my eye on it. I expect to get one. You need to be in that number. Uh, it's a great team. It's going to be a fun game. They're back home finally after a long road stretch, and you get yourself a very, very cool flag. I don't know how you lose Jim, also, I can't wait to see you. You'll be in the radio studio then. I won't have to talk to you from your palatial estate in the Bahamas. Yeah, it's going to be hard to leave the beach. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes work will call you back in and you got to go back to the grind. So, yeah, yeah I'll be back in. Well, I'll, I'll look forward to Wednesday as well, having being back on the show, being back with the show. We're not going to have a show Monday because of the holiday and also mm-hmm. the fact that the game is at 2 o'clock, so that would be a tough yeah. one to try to pull off. record at 5 in the morning, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it'll be – I hope everyone uh, has a nice long weekend and hopefully the Pelicans can uh, pick up a couple wins and we'll be back to talk about it next week. Well, and I expect to uh, see you with a fresh new bodybuilding trophy to add to the collection in your office. Uh, Jim, uh, so glad to talk to you no matter where you're at. Thanks for making time for this old sot. I know you're a busy man. Get back to your busy uh, schedule of uh, – drinks and babes and sports and fun (laughs) i intend to do exactly that joe thank you (laughs) oh huge thanks to the man the myth the living legend the road warrior himself my favorite rock on tour Mr. Jim Eichenhofer. I hope he's sipping something delicious out of a coconut right now. Thing is, I know he is. Hey, good luck to Gus Kattengell, by the way. Uh, He was supposed to join me uh, co-hosting the show today. Uh, As I said, he got his head stuck in a honeypot. I did see uh, the latest update on that situation. It appears that he got his head unstuck from the honeypot, but then began slipping on banana peels. I don't know why he has a room full of banana peels in his house. He's an eccentric dude. Uh, but he is now slipping on them over and over and over again. Uh, so good luck to Gus Cattengale. I just really hope he can pull it together before tonight's broadcast. Check us out on 99.5 FM, WRNO, or wherever you listen to your Pelicans broadcast locally. You can also check us out on the Pelicans app. Six o'clock tip tonight, 5.30 pregame. We hope you'll be listening in then. Until tonight. <gasps> Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on Pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I I, 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 I like Mr. Kodosi and I respect him wholeheartedly, and you can kiss me goodnight. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play, from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.